Shabbat Shalom. So we're going to start today with something a little bit silly, but end with something serious, just to let you know. One of the best programs at Camp Ramah that I think I ever came up with was an egg drop based on the buildings of the Torah. So an egg drop is, yeah, some of the programs are like, oh, that's interesting, right. If, if Saul Wax thinks it's a good idea, then I know that I'm really in. Uh, so this, an egg drop is where you make people build some kind of a, a contraption or a thing that will protect an egg as it falls from some middle-sized height, right? We would go up a ladder and drop whatever they built, and if the egg stays unbroken then you win and if it doesn't then you don't that's what an egg drop is and so what we did was we broke the group the 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 ada the unit into different groups and gave them scenes of building in the tanakh as their basis and then a bunch of you know popsicle sticks and pipe cleaners and tape or whatever it is that they needed to build it so we gave them we can think of it it was the ark of Noah, it was the Tower of Babel, it was the Mishkan that the Israel, Israelites brought with them through the desert, it was the Mikdash and the building of that. Um, there's a fifth one that I don't remember, but that's okay. Now, which one do you think was the one? Only one of them managed to protect the egg. And which one do you think was the building that when these campers based their popsicle stick uh, you know, contraption out of, it protected the egg. The ark, I heard, we'll get to that one in a second, but the ark, right? Of course the ark, because it's Parsha Noach and I'm telling the story. So of course, <laughs> it's the ark, because by the way, that's the ark's job, right? The ark's job, as we look at it, is to protect. It is to wall in this little seed of creation while God wipes everything else out around it so that when the storm is over, this little seed of two by two and one family will be able to be protected the whole way and come out and rebuild the world. And I was thinking about this not only because of the Parsha, but I've been thinking about this story and this idea all week because as I look at what's happening in the world, and we see it, as I told you, it's going to get serious. I can't help but see this divide between those who want to destroy and those who would build. And I am reminded again and again and again that our people are builders. That God wants us to build things, to create things, to carry on creation. And that is our role in this. And I can't help but see Israel in this moment. There's a, a scene. I, oh, forgive me for a moment. There's a scene in the Iliad. Hector, this great warrior, is known as being the, the greatest warrior in all of Troy. But the epithet that he's given time and time again is tamer of horses. The thing that and he calls himself is that which creates which builds, which makes this flock, which tames horses, which gives us civilization, which gives us society. And the only people who call him Hector the Manslayer, which is the other thing he's called, are the Greeks. And the narrator at the very end. 
But when he dies, he's known as Hector the Tamer of Horses. And I can't help but see this as I think of my friends who are fighting right now or my friends' children who are fighting right now. And I think this is not what they want to be doing. They want to be building and creating a land and creating a great nation, creating something wonderful. And that's the epithet that we want Israel to have, to be a builder. And we want to be on the side of the builders as we are because that's what our people do. And as we look through the story today, and as we look through, there are different buildings that are created. There's the ark. The ark which seals everything else out. Everything, even light. Even light, we're told, was sealed out of the ark, and God had to sort of illuminate the inside by magic. But that's what the ark does. And there's a time for that. There's a time where we need to protect and to surround ourselves in protection, even if it closes off other things. But that's not the building that our people are known for. Our people are known for the Mikdash and the Mishkan. Our people are known for the building of the temple. And the point of the temple is actually not to keep people out. The point of the temple is to bring people in. The point of the temple is to offer a place for community to come and for community to make the mundane into something holy. And that's what our people need to do. And I'm not talking about what Israel is meant to be doing in a military way right now. I know nothing about that. That's not my role here. I hope that everyone is safe. I hope that everyone is protected. I'm talking about our community here. And I understand the impetus to want to wall ourselves off, to cut people off, to cut people out, and to say, well, they're not with us, and so we have to just be done with them. But I want to caution us against that in this moment. Uh, we are the people of the Mishkan and the Mikdash. We are the people who make things holy and sacred. We are the people who welcome people in. We are the people who build structures that bring people together. It's hard. It's very hard. And it's hard to live sometimes without those walls, but that's how we make this world a holy place. And I want to argue that in our moment now, as we come together to build something as a community, which our communities have done time and time again, and this past week has been one of the most impressive and inspiring things that I have seen, the amount of, of resources and aid that not only this community but the American Jewish community has marshaled is staggering. The numbers are incredible what the Jewish Federations of North America has been able to raise, what, what Arshul, what the greater, uh, we got an email just before Shabbat that the Philadelphia Federation has sent, I think, $10 million of aid already uh, over to Israel at this time. Thank God for that. Thank God. And as we build, and as we come together, we want to bring everyone in also and be a place that is open and be a place that is inspiring. There's a story about when, when Noah was building the ark. The commentaries in that moment say, why does God need an ark? Like, God doesn't need an ark. First of all, God's God, right? God, if God wanted to save two animals, and if God wanted to save Noah, God could have just, you know, done it, right? So why, that's my image of God. So why would God tell Noah to build an ark? The rabbis in the Midrash say it wasn't, well, some, some say it's for Noah, right? That Noah needed to build this ark. And that it says, right, Va'asu, right, you have to make, or he made this ark. And he had to make it by his own hands. Yes, God was there, but Noah had to make it. And that's a lesson for us. 
that this is something that we build, that we need to build. But in the Midrash, they say, no, the ark wasn't for God, and the ark wasn't for Noah. The ark was for everyone else. The whole point of the ark is that it was giant and ungainly, and it took a while to build, and it was weird. Because if you saw your friend in the middle of Wynwood building a giant boat in their driveway, you would stop and say, we aren't near much water. I know the, the, the Schuylkill, but like, you know, we're not near much water. What are you doing? And the point of the rabbis was exactly that, that Noah would be building this huge, weird boat. And people would walk by and say, Noah, what are you doing, man? And he would say, well, you know, we're all going to die. If you don't shape up, that's what's going to happen. The flood is coming for us because of our actions. And the point, said the rabbis in the Midrash, was that people would see that and go, oh, you're right. And it would give them an opportunity for tshuva. It would give them an opportunity to do something different. As we build, we watch the way that the building happens. Because there's also another building that happens in this Parsha, at the end of the Parsha, right? The Tower of Bavel which is also an important and impressive thing, but we're told there that as they built it, the problem with the tower was not that it was tall, was not that it was unified, was not that it was against it. The, power with the, the problem with the tower was that as the people built, they forgot about all the people below in the tower and that what it was doing to them and that was hurting them. And so as we build, it's the way that we build. It's the thing that inspires us. And as we come here today, we think about this community building, and we think about honoring the builders of this community. On the 65th anniversary of the founding of this shul, of Beth Hillel, on the 30th anniversary of the founding of the L'chaim group, I want to honor the builders of this place. By the way, for those of you who, could, who heard, our, our Gabba Yochanan always gives a little, uh, you know, epi, like who, like, you know, like tamer of horses uh, for Hector, who says who the people are. And if you heard, he repeated one, I think almost every single time, right, which was Nesiyah Beta Knesset, right, or Nasi Beta Knesset, because I think we might have the largest gathering of past presidents of this synagogue in the room right now. If you, uh, or a member of your family, because I also saw Smarsha, or, um, if you were a member of your family who was a past president of the synagogue, will you raise your hand? Wow. <laughs> Thank you very much. As we build this community, as we have built this community, it's not just the fact of the shul, it's the way that it was built that makes this such an inspiring and wonderful place. We th I think about literally the way that the shul is built so that people can see one another as they sit and they pray. I think about the synagogue's commitment to having no assigned seats on the high holidays. As much as I've told Ken, we could make some money, man, <laughs> if we sold those first row, you know, because who doesn't want front row seats to the rabbi? Uh, <laughs> but the commitment to egalitarianism of this synagogue the commitment to inclusion of this synagogue, the commitment to openness, that is incredible. And it is something that other people notice and they see. Like the Ark, we want to build this community into one that people drive by and they see it and they're like, hey, what's that building over there set back by the trees? And they say, oh, that's the one where that's a really caring community. That's the one where people stand up for what they believe in. That's the one where people look out for each other. That's the one where people worship. That's that shul over there on the hill. 
As we stand up and build, we need to also stand out for what we believe in. Something that we have done for 65 years, something that we will continue to do for the next 65 years. Thinking through our values of who we are and who we want to be so that as we build, because we are builders, we build in a way that shows it to everyone. I want to thank all of you who've been a part of building that over the years. I want to thank all of you. If you're a future president of the synagogue, why don't you raise your hand? Future presidents, uh, anyone want to volunteer right now? No? Okay. Well, you know who you are. <laughs> Noah? Okay. All right, we got Noah Vetter on deck for 2050-something? Uh, okay, great. That's our job, to be builders in this moment, to build well and to build together and to build something that will stand out for who we are and what we believe in. Thank you for being a part of it, and Shabbat Shalom.